ESPN Radio. Right now, there's a lot of smoke around Baker Mayfield, and people are down on Baker. He handled it wrong because he allowed his feelings to get involved. But I am surprised that it's such a limited market. Another potential landing spot for Baker Mayfield has already come out and said that they're out. ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson and Chris Canny on ESPN Radio and E+. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Hit us up on Twitter at AmberW790. At Chris Candy 99 and as always, tap in on the Candy call-in line, 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. Tune into the ESPN Daily Podcast, bringing you a deep dive into a single story from one of ESPN's hundreds of reporters. Presented by Supercuts, download, subscribe, and review ESPN Daily. Available wherever you enjoy your podcast. So, Amber, another day, another quarterback changing teams. We saw the news with Matt Ryan being traded after 14 years in a Falcons uniform, he's going to suit up for the Indianapolis Colts in 2022, and the Colts shipping a third-round pick to the Atlanta Falcons for his services. Now, we also know that Baker Mayfield, the embattled quarterback for the Cleveland Browns, said that his preferred destination to be traded from the Browns would be the Indianapolis Colts. We know that's not going to happen. Another team that has been linked to the Baker rumors, the speculation on where he might land, was the Carolina Panthers. But one reporter down in the area says not so fast. According to Fox Charlotte's Will Kunkel, the Carolina Panthers have no interest in Baker Mayfield as at this time. So it seems like another day, another quarterback seat filled, and Baker is running out of landing spots around the National Football League. I am surprised by that. Are you surprised that the Panthers would be out? I mean, Sam Darnold is not as good as Baker Mayfield. And it does feel like the Panthers need to address that position, and they have a very limited opportunity to do that. It's basically Baker Mayfield or Jimmy Garoppolo, and maybe you draft somebody as well, fine. But it's not necessarily prohibitive of you drafting somebody. In fact, if you even bring in Baker Mayfield, and Jimmy Garoppolo is more expensive than Baker. I don't know where the Panthers are in terms of their cap situation. You always have that information down a lot better than me. But I am surprised that they would be completely out on the Baker sweepstakes It seems like at this point, Seattle is the only team then that might be in the running for Baker. And we have no information. At least I haven't heard anything about the Seahawks, whether they're interested in Baker Mayfield. You and I were deciphering earlier that we thought maybe that's the team offering the two second rounders for Jimmy Garoppolo. And if that's the case, then it would seem like Seattle is valuing Garoppolo a lot more than Seattle is valuing Baker Mayfield. But maybe if the Niners refuse to trade Garoppolo within the division, no matter how much the Seattle Seahawks try to sweeten the deal, then maybe they do turn their attention to Baker Mayfield. This is a really, this has become a really sad situation with Baker. It really has, because we are talking about a quarterback that had the Browns in a divisional round. Like this has been quite a fall from grace, a number one pick just four years ago. And it's not a number one pick who's been a complete bust by any means. And again, I know that it's hard to argue this coming off of this past season with Baker Mayfield, but we all know that this past season he was injured and he harmed his own value by playing through injury. Yeah. Here's our very own Adam Schefter on Cleveland's plight in trying to move Blaker Mayfield. Take a listen. 
very much for him, not because he's not a good quarterback, but because he's under contract for a fully guaranteed $18.9 million. They have to get rid of him. There aren't many teams that need him. Everybody knows they have to move on from him, and so they're stuck. There was one team that they had a conversation with this weekend, and the Browns offered him, and uh, they asked for a certain pick, and, and the, the team said in return, how about you give me that pick for taking on his contract? And that's the surprising thing, Amber, because as you mentioned, it, Jimmy Garoppolo's cap hit is $27 million this year, and Baker Mayfield's cap hit is 19 and yet it feels like more people are in on Jimmy Garoppolo than on Baker Mayfield, and Jimmy Garoppolo's an older player, certainly more accomplished when it comes to postseason play, but when it comes to upside, I, I think you have to give the edge to Baker Mayfield in terms of their ability to grow and continue to improve and so I am a little surprised that at $19 million, you don't have more takers around the National Football League, more teams that would be willing to take a flyer on him. But to me, that that's, that's the part of this that doesn't necessarily make sense unless you consider the baggage that Baker Mayfield bringing along is a part of the equation when teams are trying to decide whether or not this guy is worth it. It's pretty amazing that we're at a place where quarterbacks are making, you know, 45 million, 50 million dollars per and that we're talking about a former number one pick who is incredibly young still not being able to satisfy the salary cap at about 19 per like it's that part of this is so bizarre to me because in this quarterback market 18.8 is nothing Chris Canty like you said like there is possibility there with Baker Mayfield it's not like we've necessarily seen the ceiling with Baker Mayfield it's been a tumultuous time with the Browns I think we also do need to see him in a different uniform though to fully evaluate that situation frankly we probably need to see Deshaun Watson with Cleveland to fully evaluate that situation because my argument with Jimmy G would be, hey, he's had a lot more success, but he was on the better team for the majority of that time here during that success. You have mentioned he had some success back when the 49ers were terrible when he first joined that team, but his real success has come when that is a darn good team in San Francisco. Now, the Browns might be a darn good team and look a whole lot different with changing that quarterback position, too. That's been hard to evaluate with Baker Mayfield, though, at the helm. Yeah, and here's the thing, Amber. The Browns could have a turnaround similar to what we saw with the L.A. Rams when they upgraded from Jared Goff to Matt Stafford. Fact of the matter is we just don't know, but it certainly didn't reflect well on Jared Goff when the team that he just left goes out and wins the Super Bowl in year one with a new quarterback. I don't think the Browns are going to win the Super Bowl this year. I just think it's a product of being in a tough division and a tough conference. But I I do think the high end of what the Cleveland Browns can be is certainly a lot higher than what – they would be if Baker Mayfield would under, was under center for another season. And so I think that's what the motivation was for the Browns to make the decision that they did. Now, looking at Baker, though, I, I got to ask you this question. Are the Carolina Panthers making a mistake by being out on Baker Mayfield? I think they might be. I mean, again... I understand that there's troubles with Baker, and now I understand that there's questions about Baker in terms of inside the locker room and his leadership ability as well. But he is Also questions about their head coach, too, and Matt Rule. We don't know that the organization is sold on Matt Rule being their head coach beyond 2022. So we are talking about a situation where the coach is on the hot seat as well as the incumbent quarterback.
Right. So you have to hit on that position. You can't just ride it out with Sam Darnold. If you only address it in the draft, you can't expect a rookie to come in and save you, particularly in this quarterback draft where we're talking about a bunch of quarterbacks that we expect are going to take a little bit more time to develop in the NFL. You have very few that are play-in type quarterbacks immediately. So Matt Rule doesn't have that kind of time. So you're kind of talking about then Baker Mayfield or Jimmy Garoppolo. And I still remain surprised that the quarterback that's four years younger and much much cheaper almost 10 million cheaper is the quarterback that nobody seems interested in yeah but amber we also have to acknowledge that head coach matt rule was at kenny pickett's pro day on monday watching him work out so i don't know if we can necessarily rule the carolina panthers out of that and that's right in the middle of the acc footprint so that's a market that certainly would embrace the carolina panthers going in that direction but to your point i don't think it's ever a good situation when you're bringing in a rookie quarterback with a head coach on the hot seat. But the only question that I would turn around and ask you is, is that the only way that Matt Rule can save his job, not by being able to sell winning to owner David Tepper, but being able to sell that I can develop this quarterback into the future of the franchise? I I don't know if that's the way to go if you're Matt Rule in the Carolina Panthers, but it certainly seems like the only option that Matt Rule has given what's going on in the division with the Tampa Bay Bucks. It's gone so well with Sam Darnold. You know, it's gone so well developing him, right? No, it hasn't. But Sam Darnold was a reclamation project when Matt Rule got him. So you can't discount the damage that Adam Gase did on Sam Darnold in that situation. But I don't know the answer to that. But in looking at why they wouldn't bring Baker Mayfield in, to have to deal with the baggage of – a quarterback that has a chip on his shoulder the size of Mount Rushmore that's trying to prove that he deserves to be a starter in this league, it's not necessarily going to lend itself to the head coach being able to save his job. And so I guess from that perspective, I might take the other side of it and and side with the Carolina Panthers as to why they wouldn't want to bring Baker Mayfield in. So we want to open this up to the call-in line. Hit us up, 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. Are the Carolina Panthers making a mistake by ruling out Baker Mayfield as an option at quarterback this offseason. We want to hear from you guys. Coming up next, how will the NFL punish Deshaun Watson? Amber Wilson has an interesting idea. She'll weigh in on that topic. You're listening to ESPN Radio. Back after this. ESPN Radio. The Cleveland Browns are trading with the Houston Texans and acquiring quarterback Deshaun Watson. I'm ecstatic that we signed um, Deshaun Watson, and I'm ecstatic because it's time for a new chapter. Deshaun Watson is a competitor. I'm pretty sure he's probably listening into these radio stations to see how the city is embracing him, and I feel like that's what we should do. Oh, yes, the trade that everybody feels some kind of way about Deshaun Watson. Amber Wilson and I will get to that in a second. You're listening to ESPN Radio, also on E+. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Tap in on the candy call-in line, 888-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. And, Amber, before we get to Deshaun Watson and how the NFL might punish him moving forward, we got to get to these callers because everybody got something to say about Baker Mayfield right now, too. So let's go out to Barry in Ohio. Barry, you're on ESPN Radio. What up? What up, guys? Hey, uh, I'm from Ohio. I am not a Browns fan. So I'm not jaded by Baker one way or another. So I got an unbiased view on him. You got to remember, we're just two years removed from Baker almost beating Kansas City in the playoffs. They had them on the ropes. Um, Baker can play. 
Uh, he had some injury. I understand there's some locker room concerns and stuff. But I think this guy, for $18.8 million, somebody should take a flyer on this guy. So I think he can play. Barry, I think that Amber and I both agree with you. It just doesn't seem to make sense based on what we've seen on the field from Baker that a team wouldn't take a chance on him. And that's why I go back to what happened at the end of last year with Odell Beckham Jr. and the organization having to cut bait with him. And then the grumblings we heard out of the Cleveland Browns locker room about how guys didn't want the team to get rid of OBJ and how there were more critics than the front office thought of Baker Mayfield on that team. So that's the part that surprised me. And then Baker Mayfield coming out and saying that there was friction in the organization, his wife coming out and criticizing the toughness of his teammates. None of those things bode well for Baker's football future, and I think that's why he's having a hard time catching on to a team in an organization making the decision that they'll actually trade draft capital for Baker. And I don't think it's just those things. You also have to add in the timing of how this all occurred, right? Like now, apparently Baker wanted out before Deshaun Watson and the Browns were like, huh? (laughs) No. And then they went ahead and traded for Deshaun Watson and now they're in a very different situation. So had they moved on from Baker before, which why on earth would they have done that without Deshaun Watson in play? Then we'd be having a very different conversation because I do think there would have been more of a market for him if this had happened before some of the Carson Wentz's and Mitchell Trubisky's of the the world ended up at the spots that they have ended up in. We had a caller earlier in the show, Chris, say that there's 12 quarterbacks that are not as good as Baker Mayfield starting mm-hmm. in the NFL. I think that might be overstating it, but there certainly are guys on some of these teams around the league that are not as good as Baker Mayfield. I think Sam Darnold being one of them on the Carolina Panthers, which is why I was a bit surprised that they're out on Baker Mayfield. But again, at this point in the season, we are in a game of musical chairs, like Mina Kaim said, and some of it It's just that there's just not that many holes left to fill. Well, Amber, I'll say this to that last caller that we had that said that there are 12 quarterbacks that aren't as good as Baker Mayfield. I might actually agree with that take. Wow. Is Baker Mayfield a top 20 quarterback? Yeah, I would probably say so. I would probably say so. And that's why this thing is so perplexing to me. That's why it's got to be more than just a football decision. It's the impact that this guy can have in a negative sense on your locker room and on your franchise and seeing how Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Berry tried to navigate that toward the end of last season and then the organization making a decision that we're going to trade six draft picks, including three first-rounders, and we're going to give Deshaun Watson $230 million guaranteed. Yeah, a lot of that is because you're getting Deshaun Watson, but also there's a big part of that that's an indictment on the incumbent quarterback in Baker Mayfield. So there's no way of getting around how bad of a look this is for Baker moving forward. And the fact that there seem like there are so many teams that are saying that we're out on Baker is really telling in terms of the potential landing spots that could be out there for him this offseason. Let's go out to Sam in Memphis. Sam, you're on ESPN Radio. What up? Sam, we got you? Sam's not interested. Sam's the only person who doesn't want to talk about Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I guess, I, guess, I guess not. I guess Sam Sam doesn't want to talk about it. Let's go out to I'm Justin. Here. Oh, Sam, you're there. Okay. What you got yes. for us, Sam? Okay. Uh, first of all, I love the show. I'm a 50-year-old 50, man. I've been rooting for the Sooners since they lost the so-called game of the century against Nebraska in 1970. Um, we, when we were uh, the triple threat offense with the wishbone. I have three incidents that Baker needs to do a self-evaluation on. The running from the police at OU, 
the planting the flag at the Ohio State game after they won, and and then um, this this last incident, I can't even think about it now. He does need to go. Oh, the Hugh Jackson after he got fired from Cincinnati. I mean, got fired from Cleveland and went back to Cincinnati. Baker threw a touchdown and backed up down the field, staring at Hugh Jackson, which he said he didn't. Which obviously he was. He need, he he does need to grow up, and that's going way heavily on. Plus, his family members getting in on Twitter talking about the football team. Nobody really wants this. Sam, I don't think you're going to find a lot of people that are going to try to defend Baker when it comes to all of those different instances. I mean, but I'll I think defend the, planting but I th- the flag because that was, that was just fun. Yeah, I mean, that, that was fun. <laughs> but, I mean, when you start talking about the, 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 different, the, the different things he dealt with in college, I, I don't know if I want to go back and revisit all of those things because what college kid is fully matured? But well, I think we can judge him based on the things that we've seen from him in the National Football League, especially the things that we've seen from him in 2021. When you're in the quarterback role, that is a leadership position by nature. And he hasn't shown himself to be an effective leader, at least consistently enough, for an NFL team at this juncture in his career to take a risk on him. Well, and I will say, it's those things that help make Baker Mayfield such a star. It's those, it's all of those things, even going back to college. Now, those things in college didn't harm his draft spot stock once he was the number one pick. I feel like we move on from some of those instances in college that were controversial. But frankly, sure. Chris, it's also what has made him such a star because it ain't what he's doing on the field, but it's all that kind of stuff that surrounds Baker Mayfield. Yeah, but do you want to be a celebrity quarterback or do you want to be a starting quarterback? I don't know that you're going to be able to do both in the NFL if you haven't produced at a much higher level than what we've seen from Baker over the first four years of his career. So it remains to be seen what's going to happen with Baker Mayfield, what the Cleveland Browns are going to do now that the Carolina Panthers are out and the Indianapolis Colts have filled their quarterback vacancy. So we'll continue to monitor that. But coming up next, we got to talk about the situation that's going out in L.A. The general manager of the Rams leaving the door open for one OBJ. Amber and I will get into it. You're listening to ESPN Radio. But first, we got to get to this word from Indeed. If your hiring needs are heating up, you don't have to do it all yourself. If you need to hire, you need Indeed, the all-in-one hiring platform that makes it easy to attract, screen, and interview candidates. With tools like Instant Match, you'll instantly receive a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description the moment you sponsor a post. Invite them to apply, and you can even schedule and conduct interviews all from your employer dashboard. To learn more, visit Indeed.com slash credit. ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson and Chris Candy on ESPN Radio and E+. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. And so, Amber, we're in the second week of NFL free agency. Now, we both know that most of the big money gets doled out in the first week of free agency, heck, the first couple of days of free agency. We heard last Monday big money deals being announced. Of course, they can't be made official until the start of the new league year, but with that legal tampering period, a lot of the big deals get done in the two days leading up to the start of NFL free agency. But we still got some pretty big-name free agents that are out there on the marketplace, and so – We thought, what better time to play NFL matchmaker with the free agents that are still out there in the marketplace than now. So we bring in our producer, Shannon Penn, and we're going to let him tee us up on the best remaining free agents and the best possible landing spots for him. Shannon, you ready? 
Chris, I am ready to go. Let's start with FOP, friend of the program, Teron Armstead. Chris, where do you see the offensive tackle landing? Uh, the best place for Teron Armstead to go is actually nowhere. Teron Armstead should stay with the New Orleans Saints. And I know that I've mentioned the Indianapolis Colts. That's a place that I would have thought would be a good fit to, for Teron Armstead. But the Saints have the most cap space of any team in the National Football League. And getting Jameis Winston back on the cheap, it seems like they will want to keep the strength of that team intact, especially on the offensive side of the ball, which is that offensive line. So Teron Armstead, get your bag, but I just don't think you're going to have to go very far to get it. Just stay put in New Orleans. It's a good situation for you. You're familiar with it, and uh, you have the opportunity to be a part of a really good unit. Chris is wrong, by the way. He should go to the Miami Dolphins because my Dolphins are in dire need of O-line help. That O-line was atrocious last season. And Liam Eichenberg, who handled left tackle duties last season as a rookie, it did not go well. Is, <laughs> I mean, it could not. It was really, really not good, to put it lightly. So I, I think that Armstead absolutely should be in hot pursuit for the Miami Dolphins. All right, Amber, Bobby Wagner, one of the bigger names left in free agency. Amber, where do you have the linebacker going? Bobby Wagner, where should he play next season? I think Bobby Wagner uh, will have a, a, a large market here, obviously, because of what he's accomplished. But I, I would say the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Bobby, Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys, an attractive destination for big-name free agents. He would be, of course, a strong addition to a defense that already made a massive leap last season he would be re reunited with Dan Quinn who coached him back in Seattle so that's really what I think would be so pivotal here so I could see now I think that they'd have to uh, pull some magic in terms of the cap but I'm going with the Dallas Cowboys for Bobby Wagner big name wow Bobby Wagner that would be a splash to the Dallas Michael Cowboys Carson, Bobby Wagner come on all right, I, I, I see where you're going. I'm going to stay in the NFC East, but I'm going with another team, Amber. I'm going with the Philadelphia Eagles. Fly, Eagles, fly with Bobby Wagner. You need a quarterback on the defensive side of the ball. And listen, with Fletcher Cox in the middle of that defense still taking up multiple offensive linemen, there's going to be a lot of room for Bobby Wagner to run and hit. So with the Eagles, they got plenty of cap space. They've got $24 million left. Bobby Wagner is going to sign for a bag somewhere. It just seems with all of the moving parts that the Eagles had in the middle of their defense, their inside linebackers, their safety, in free agency, all of those things up in the air, it seems like Bobby Wagner would be the perfect guy to step in and solidify that area of that unit. So I really love Bobby Wagner for an up-and-coming Eagles team. Also a team that's got a ton of draft capital, too. Three first-round picks, was in the playoffs a year ago. Bobby Wagner seems like it would be a perfect fit for Nick Sirianni in terms of being able to reestablish a winning culture in Philly. Shannon, what's up next? All right, Chris, let's go to the wide receivers. Jarvis Landry, where does the former Cleveland Brown wideout land next season? What do you got, Chris? Oh, man, the juice man. Now, you know, I said that I thought he should go to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but I'm actually going to pivot and go with an AFC South team. I'm going with the Indianapolis Colts. Everybody's talking about how the Colts don't have enough weapons. They got to have some more weapons to make that passing game explosive, to create more room for Jonathan Taylor to get busy in the running game. Juice Landry will bring some juice, no pun intended, to the passing game. Have him with Michael Pittman Jr., Mo Alley Cox. It just seems like that would be a great fit for Juice Landry. 
playing on turf too. You know players are a lot faster on turf. That would be an opportunity for him to do some damage in the middle of that Colts passing game. So I like Juice Randry being paired up with a quarterback like Matt Ryan and then having a guy like Michael Pittman Jr. opposite of him. We had the same exact team as a landing spot here for Jarvis Landry, which is no fun. The Colts need that receiving help so bad, and they lost their veteran slot guy in Pascal. But I'm going to pivot here because I don't want to agree with Chris Canty, and I'm going to say then Jarvis Landry goes back to the Browns because there are rumors now that now that Baker Mayfield is out, Jarvis Landry could be back in. If I'm Landry, I would love to catch balls thrown at me by Deshaun Watson. So maybe Landry ends up staying in Cleveland after all. All right, we're playing NFL free agent matchmaker on ESPN Radio. This is Amber Wilson and Chris Candy. Shannon, who's next on deck? All right, we got two more. Let's go to the defensive side of the ball. Amber, Teron Matthew, what do you have the Honey Badger playing next season? What you got, Amber? I don't know if this is crazy because I think, frankly, he's probably going to stay with the Chiefs even though they didn't tag him. But I could see him really helping the Baltimore Ravens. And oh. I don't know if I'm doing that just because, you know, like Ed Reed and I think of the Ravens as, you know, the gold standard at that position. But I feel like Matthew could just take it to another level with the Ravens. He would be a fantastic fit there. And I know that they would have to make some moves there in terms of the salary cap, but if they can make it work where there's a will, there's a way. He wouldn't be too crazy expensive. I think they could do the salary cap gymnastics to make it work. Amber, you're saying that because you're on the show with me and you want to make me happy. And, of course, them being able to add a guy like Tyron Matthew would make the Baltimore Ravens a lot better defensively. That secondary was a sore spot for that team. But I'm going to go with an outside-of-the-box thought with Tyron Matthew. I'm going to go with somebody that's actually in the same division as the Kansas City Chiefs. Let's go with Tyron Matthew to the Las Vegas Raiders. Let's do it. The Jonathan Abrams experiment is over. You got Javon Mooring. That's a good addition. You just traded for Rocky Sin as a part of a deal that you did. I I just like the additions that they're making on that team. On the offensive side of the ball, I think they need to continue to add on the defensive side of the ball. They got Chan Jones in free agency. Let's continue to upgrade that pass defense by bringing in a guy like Tyron Matthew. He would be a perfect complement to a young and -and up-and-coming safety that they have high hopes for. Teach him how to play that position. But Tyron Matthew is also one of those guys that has a lot of position versatility when it comes to the different sub packages that you could throw out there with your defense. So Tyron Matthew staying in the AFC West and turning into a turncoat on the Kansas City Chiefs and rolling with the Las Vegas Raiders. All right, last one looking at best landing spots for these NFL free agents. Chris, Odell Beckham Jr., What do you have Odell playing next season? Man, Odell Beckham Jr. is a star, and Shannon, stars belong in Hollywood. That's right, La La Land. And the fact that Lesney, their general manager, says he's open to an OBJ return, I I think that bodes well for the receiver coming off of ACL surgery. He helped him get a Super Bowl championship. He caught a touchdown in the big game. I I think there's definitely some interest on both sides in having a reunion. We also acknowledge that the Rams did sign Allen Robinson to big money and they traded Robert Woods. So it seems like that receiver room, you know, they've got the big three that they're going to roll with with Cooper Cup and Van Jefferson as well. But having Odell Beckham Jr. on that depth chart and knowing that you're bringing him back, not for the first part of the season, but for the back back half of the season and on into the playoffs, I think it makes a ton of sense as a luxury pick. 
and a player that's not going to be terribly expensive because he is coming off an injury. I actually think that he is staying in L.A., but I think it'd be a lot more fun if he went to Tampa. So I'm going to go with the Bucks Now, they're cash-strapped, but they do have a need at receiver. Chris Godwin, of course, tore his ACL last season. Uh, the Antonio Brown saga is no more in Tampa. I don't even know if Gronk is coming back to Tampa. We don't have a word on that yet, although I would think that he would. O- OBJ would be an interesting weapon for Tom Brady, who we know loves to bring in veteran weapons. I'm saying his landing spot should be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Wow. Tampa would be staffing up if they did that, Amber. That would be whew, scary hours for the Buccaneers. I'm just tell you, I'm just going to put that out there. If Tom Brady gets OBJ, whew. That, that could be deadly. So that is it. That is free agent matchmaker, the best landing spots for the best free agents remaining in the marketplace. Coming up next, we've got your calls, Matthew in Iowa, Mike in South Carolina, Justin in Ohio. We see you all. We're going to get to you. Also, have the Bucks done enough to put them back on top in the NFC? Amber and I will weigh into that. You're listening to ESPN Radio back after this. ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson and Chris Candy on ESPN Radio and E+. And Amber, we were just playing NFL free agent matchmaker, and we got somebody on the Candy call-in line that wants to chime in on a big-name free agent wide receiver. Let's go to Matthew in Iowa. Matthew, you're on ESPN Radio. What up? Hey, what up, guys? Uh, I was just calling because you guys were talking about free agents, but you guys didn't get to Julio Jones. So I was curious where you guys thought he would go. And then on top of that, um, I'm a Buccaneers fan, so I was wondering where you guys are thinking if the Bucks can get Edelman to come out of retirement because Tom Brady and him are really good friends. Tom Brady's already said he doesn't think Edelman's really going to be retired. So if they get Edelman back, do you think we have a chance? I'll start with the Julio Jones portion of that, Chris. And – We didn't do Julio Jones landing spots. What I think could be an interesting landing spot for him would be Green Bay. Now, I don't know how Green Bay works it because they owe Aaron Rodgers a whole lot of money, and that's not going to help them cap-wise. But listen, they were going to make it work with Devontae Adams, and now Aaron Rodgers is down his favorite weapon. So I do think you need to bring in more help for Aaron Rodgers. I think Julio Jones could be an uh, interesting addition there. No, I think Julio would be interesting. I just don't know that Julio wants to go to Green Bay after one of the best wide receivers in the NFL said, I'm tired of being on the Rodgers roller coaster. So if I'm Julio, I'm looking around at my options. And what do they say? When you get a little bit older, you want to go down to Florida and enjoy the good weather. Why not Julio going down with Tom in Tampa? We do know that when he was released by the Titans, Tom Brady slid in the DMs to try to recruit Julio Jones. So I don't think that that's something that's outside of the realm of possibility. And then beyond that, with the Julian Edelman portion of that question, I don't necessarily see Tom Brady going after Jules aggressively. They they got a number three receiver in Russell Gage. They got Chris Godwin. They got him re-signed on a deal. They got Mike Evans. To me, I feel like Julio Jones fits what they need more so than Julian Edelman because Julio Jones is is a guy that they're not necessarily having to rely on heavily throughout the course of the regular season. You're bringing him in for those handful of splash plays while you're going on a stretch run at the end of the regular season and on into the postseason. I still think there's gas in the tank left with Julio Jones. It didn't work out in Tennessee, but with Tom Brady, we know, Amber, there's a much better chance of making it work out down there because Tom Brady always brings out the best in players. So 
I like Julio Jones potentially going to Tampa Bay. I don't necessarily see someplace else that I would think Julio would believe he has a chance of winning a championship right now that has a need at wide receiver. That's just me. I could be wrong, but I really don't think so. Julio Jones with Tom Brady in Tampa. Let's make it happen. ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson and Chris Candy on ESPN Radio and E+. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Hit us up on the Candy call in line, 888-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. Mike, Dustin, Justin, Anthony, we see you. We're going to get to your calls in a little bit. But, Amber, I got to talk to you about something that had me fired up this morning. And this person, unlike any other personality in the ESPN family, gets me fired up the most with the takes that they have. Sometimes in a good way. Sometimes in a bad way. Who am I talking about? Well, it has to be Mr. Can't Wait himself, our very own Bart Scott, who comes on the airwaves from 12 to 3 that precedes our show on ESPN Radio. And Amber, Bart had an interesting take about the top five in the AFC in 2022. Now, we have to acknowledge that there is a lot of runway with the NFL offseason, a lot of moves that are still left to be made. We haven't even had the NFL draft yet. So who these teams are now might not necessarily be who they are once we kick off the regular season. But based on the information that we have right now, this is what Bart Scott is projecting for the top five seeds in the conference, the top five teams in the conference. Bart Scott has got the Denver Broncos as the fifth team in the conference, the Cleveland Browns as the fourth team in the conference, the L.A. Chargers as the third team in the conference, and the Buffalo Bills as the second team in the conference. Care to take a guess as to who the number one team is? Before we do that, let's actually hear in Bart Scott's own words his top five teams in the AFC. You know, I think the Buffalo Bills are primed at number two. Been right there the last two years, so maybe they break through. So one's the Chiefs, right? Number one. Yeah, they played in that game, the AFC Championship. Oh, it's not the but team. But the other oh, guy, it's the Cincinnati Bengals. They go out and listen, they understood the assignment. The assignment was protect the franchise quarterback who was sacked nine times in the Super Bowl. Now they go out and get Lionel Collins. They go out and get Kappa. They understand the assignment. They Now they have protection with their outstanding defense. It pains me, little baby Macaulay Calkin. Yes, he's number one. The Cincinnati Bengals is my number one squad in all the land. Somebody help me out here. Where what, are the what, Chiefs? What, what are we missing? In the top five in the AFC. <laughs> like each other because we fight a lot. I just hate your takes. I think what we've I learned think. here is what we said at the beginning, that the AFC right. has too many I'm teams. Always right. All right, so, so wait, so this is five. So there's seven teams that make the playoffs. So who yeah. you got? The Chiefs must be a wild card then. No, I got the I got the Colts because the Colts are going to win the division. You just agree with me over there. You're you not, got your I Boston Colts, brother. He's Colts the guy who anoints but teams like, in March. That's you, what he does. And I, I'm always right. And the so, Baltimore Ravens Baltimore always figure a way. Always figure a way. The Broncos will win the division, huh? Yeah, I got the Broncos winning the division. Listen, we, we, we have, have we not said that the that the Denver Broncos was a quarterback away? There's a lot. No, of, but like, did we not say that? Is that not what we said? The Continuity point. has got to count for something. Oh man, come on! We just watched Matthew Stafford go over there. How about that continuity? So those were the voices of Dan Graziano, Diana Rossini, Tim Hasselback, and of course our very own Bart Scott. So, Amber, I don't even know where to start with this one. 
But the fact that Bart Scott doesn't even have the Kansas City Chiefs in the playoff field absolutely blows my mind. I I I, I don't know what to do with this information. Like it's Bart Scott. <laughs> Bart Scott just trying to be the give us the hot take so that you and I do this and we spend a second ever, on ever. this. Today. I'm not sure. Bart Scott said this a bunch that like they understood the assignment. They understood the assignment. I'm not sure he understood the assignment <laughs> when they asked him who are the top teams in the AFC. Like, uh, was he clear that we were ranking the best teams in the conference? I don't know. Maybe he didn't think that we could uh, conclude them in the conversation for some reason. I would have. The Bills at the top of the AFC. I wouldn't yet give that respect, though, even to the Bengals being at number two, because although we just saw them on the run that they were on into the Super Bowl, I had said going into those playoffs that the Bengals were particularly uh, well-suited to make a run in the playoffs because they were the healthiest team headed into the playoffs. I felt like everything lined up perfectly for Cincinnati last year. Not necessarily that they were the best team last year headed into that Super Bowl. So I would actually put them third behind, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs, Chris Canty, because of course they would be in my top three. It is insane to think that they wouldn't be in Bart Scott's top five. Yeah, Amber, he doesn't even have him in his top seven. Remember, this is a guy that's saying that the Chiefs won't make the playoffs. Now, since Andy Reid got there in 2013, there was only one season where Kansas City didn't make it to the playoffs. And that was in his second year there in 2014, and the team went 9-7, and seven, by the way. So it wasn't like they were terrible. But in the Patrick Mahomes era, they dominate the AFC West. Now, I, I will acknowledge the degree of difficulty is going to go up with what happened in the division with the Vegas Raiders getting Devontae Adams and with the L.A. Chargers trading for Khalil Mack, signing J.C. Jackson, doing all the things that they're doing, re-signing Mike Williams, that's going to be a better football team. And then you also have to acknowledge the Russell Wilson trade and the Denver Broncos solidifying the quarterback position. But when you look at the head coaches in the AFC West, there's there's nobody that's even close to Andy Reid, Amber. I, I mean, I, I mean – he is head and shoulders above Nathaniel Hackett and Josh McDaniels and and uh, and Brandon Staley. So I don't understand how you can make the claim that you don't see the Kansas City Chiefs at all in the playoff picture. Maybe they don't win the division, but even if I'm picking a day with all the improvements that, that those other teams have made, I'm still not going against the Kansas City Chiefs going into this season as to who the best or who the favorite in the AFC West is. It just boggles my mind that Bart Scott is willing to take it there. But coming up next, we got to take it to Jimmy Garoppolo and question whether he's the best. Google me. (laughs) 